0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock 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 on. Lock, lock, on. Lock, lock on. Lock on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, the Cowboys are getting busy in free agency. How are you doing today, buddy? Uh, yeah, we're all getting busy uh, at home
1: at this point, so uh, we're, we're just trying to eyeball my eyes hurt from staring at Twitter too long at this point, waiting for things to pop so up. So how's quarantine
0: going? Are you are you used to this? Uh, I don't know that used to
1: it is the, is the question. I, I'm starting to settle in. I mean, just to kind of peel the curtain back, I, I work in a job where uh, it's my job to make sure everybody else is also working online, so I've been having to deal with people and try to get them going so it's it's weird because I, we're isolated at home but i've been doing a large amount of interacting with people so i, I think once that stops sure. and the uh, isolation part begins uh, then we'll start seeing some of the uh, cabin fever type uh <laughs> uh, uh you know yeah. results we'll see
0: uh, i live in northwest pennsylvania so i've been i've been isolated since birth uh, about September up here, so it's, it's, it's nothing nothing different than usual, yeah. so it's kind of just uh, doing the same old thing. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some of the recent <laughs> signings of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they had a busy Thursday. Uh, let's start with the, the guys that they re-signed because I think these are fascinating as well. Uh, the Cowboys announced that they have re-signed linebackers Joe Thomas and Justin March. Uh, who we talked about both of those guys on a previous podcast, whether or not they'd bring him back. I think both you and I thought that they would probably have to make the decision between one of Sean Lee and Joe Thomas, and probably Justin March-Lillard would move on to somewhere else. i got to be honest, and I'm shocked that they were able to find a way to bring all three of these guys back. What do you think about the Cowboys retaining all these linebacks?
1: Uh, yeah, it's surprising. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we i mean i I wasn't even sure that uh, i thought that they wouldn't sign all three it's not even just that i thought that they couldn't i just i didn't think that they they would feel the need to sure uh but but obviously i think they like the group they've got um they like them kind of in the area that they have them you know on the team as far as where they are uh uh you know, on their spot, like, their actual roster spot, meaning, like, okay, March is a emergency linebacker special teams ace and Joe Thomas is your Nickelback substitution. You know what I'm saying? I think they, they, yeah, they yeah. like the way that that group kind of filled out the actual roles that they had to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and... I think that part of what's going to happen with uh, with you know with with Lee and, and with Thomas being here is is that we'll, we might see more of a transition from Thomas to from Lee to Thomas as that th- you know fourth or third linebacker, uh, and, and see how you know the play changes based on the situation. I think that Thomas is is probably a little bit better nickel candidate. And and, and and Lee is probably a little bit better early
0: down linebacker candidate. It, it might depend a little bit on what happens with Leighton Van. Der sure, of right? course. Yeah. I and mean, because if, let's let's say Van Der Esch, for whatever reason isn't on the field, you know, week one. Who is your weak side linebacker? Is it Sean Lee, or do they leave Sean Lee at strong side and play Joe Thomas as the weak side?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a that's a good question. do you, do you think about putting Jalen Smith there? And maybe moving Sean Lee inside or something. I, you know, I think these are all questions. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all kind of up in the air. But I I don't. I mean, to me, I, I don't know. To me, this reads like like, like that they feel pretty decent about Leighton. I don't know because if if it wasn't, I would think that they would be. The draft will be the ultimate tell. But uh, to to, sure. to me, oh, yeah, I yeah. think like if they're bringing these guys back, I think they're bringing them back with the expectation that they have the top end of the linebacker
0: room figured out. I I feel pretty good about their linebacker depth, even if Van der Esch isn't there for whatever reason. Like I think you can get by. Listen, I was making the case on Twitter yesterday that teams should be going after Joe Lo- Thomas to be their starting weak side linebacker. Like I think he yeah. can be. You know a team's best linebacker for like 10 teams in the league, and now that he's your third or fourth guy, if Van isn't there, or maybe he needs a couple more months to get ready, and maybe he's a PUP candidate, I don't necessarily think they have to draft a linebacker. I think they can go in with what they got. Uh, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News, um, he reported that this coaching staff likes ju- uh, Justin March a whole lot more than the last one, and that's why... Uh, he decided to to come back as they believe that he can offer more on defense. So when you combine that you know, with Lee and Thomas, I mentioned Luke Gifford yesterday. That's somebody who the front office really likes. I think there's at least a lot of guys to get excited about in that linebacker room going forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I liked the group last year. So uh, and, and, and to your point, there's so much depth uh, with players that you feel comfortable putting out there and playing that – yeah, even without Leighton Vander Esch, it's I think you could roll with this group, not add anybody, and uh, and still feel fine about what you have, you know.
0: And they're gonna they're certainly gonna bring in probably a guy maybe day three of the draft, maybe as an undrafted free agent. It would even shock me if they sign somebody else. But like they're gonna have more names and bodies there. We didn't even bring up Chris Cummington, who the team drafted, uh, you know, a couple years ago. So. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun position to watch and see how that you know kind of uh, plays out. Um, let's t- take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the Cowboys' recent signing in the secondary. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon. um, The Cowboys had a, a somewhat surprising deal on Thursday night. This happened at like midnight Eastern time. Uh, we actually mentioned him on the show yesterday. Uh, the Cowboys have signed Haha ha Clinton Dix, the former Packer, uh, and Bears safety to a one-year deal worth $2.5 million. Uh, the deal has a upward value of $4 million. Now, before I ask you about this player and how he fits in, I, I just want to preface it by saying this. This is a basically a a bottom of the <laughs> roster salary. Again, yeah, right. It's it's $2.5 million. Again, this is Chris Jones, the punter money. This is like L.P. Latticeur money. So no matter what you think of him, either way, let's not get too too down on this move considering just how uh cheap this contract is. But saying that, what did you think about HaHa Clinton Dix? Because I know you went back and watched him last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, just to reiterate your point, we're not the ones drafting them in the, the 21st pick in the first round. We're signing we're signing Correct. him for a 2.5 million million guaranteed 4 million dollar contract, you know. Like this is this is a guy that allows you to hopefully not be not feel like you have to draft a safety in order to pr- properly Absolutely. fill your roster yes. in the top 60 90 picks, you know. So uh, yeah, I, to me, I think there's a lot of hand wringing over a guy who may end up being your third safety, uh, may end up being your fourth safety, <laughs> you know, I, probably your third yep. safety. I don't know that he's necessarily going to beat out Darian Thompson, but or that he's not necessarily going to beat. But they like yeah, Thompson. Yeah, they like Thompson. Yeah, but so, I mean, there's a yeah. chance. Um, sure.
0: I I don't think I. The good thing is, I think this deal allows you to have a competition, though, right? Like, I I don't think. Let's say Thompson is at least close to Ha Ha Clinton Dix. This contract's not going to prevent you from saying, "Well, you know, we played, we played Clinton Clinton Dix more money in free agency. Let's go ahead and see what he has." No, I think if Thompson or Donovan Wilson beats him out, you're that's fine the with him, right? Yeah, I mean, and I
1: think that that's the thing I, I, I'm trying to remind people is that they've got a guy, Donovan Wilson, that they like, who really showed out in limited playing time at, at preseason, and I think you know even in regular season um and so uh, to me i think their their market was hey let's get a guy in here that if wilson can't take this job he can at least do the job and not get us burnt which you know i I think that's the thing about safeties right is that there's like a certain level i think that 90 percent of safeties fall into this category of not the best, not the worst, right? Like, there's just very oh, few yeah. lot safeties them. that actually move the needle, you know, as far as well, talent or I, I or explosion say, or it, playmaking. You know, they just there just aren't a lot of those guys.
0: Well, I was gonna say it's not exactly the same comparison, but to me, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of like the the running. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, there there is a few guys I think you can say are big big difference makers, but. Guys, twelve from fifty or sixty aren't that different from one another. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's like, and it's, and I, I think people get caught up, and, and you know, I don't know where people get caught up with, I, with generalizations of positional spending, like don't pay running backs. I guess some people keep saying it on the internet, um, uh, but I think that there's, sure. there is yeah. a, a it, much <laughs> like that, you know, like I think that there is a, a certain amount that. These safeties and in, in corners to, in to kind of carry the the baggage of, of the teams previous to them with them, like the the former teams. Track, I mean, it's like it's like Jeff Heath. Like you ask the average Jeff Heath fan, if, if a if a Vegas Raiders fan came up to an average Dallas Cowboys fan and they asked him, sure. "Hey, what are your thoughts on Jeff Heath? How accurate of a of a of a scouting report do you think they're actually going to get from the average Cowboys fan?" Right.
0: No, it's almost always going to be overwhelmingly yeah, negative. Yeah, but Heath right?
1: is, was actually an incredibly solid safety who who Absolutely. made plays at times when we had tons of Pro Bowlers and all pros on our defense. There were times when Jeff Heath was still one of the bigger playmakers on the defense. It was a special teams ace, so you know I think that I think that there is a. And, and you know people need to pay attention to the money here because I, I think the money tells the tale about how much they are actually invested in this guy i think people yeah, need to yeah. kind of like ignore the the name and look go look at the body of work and, and what i saw yesterday was a guy who could do a lot of split safety stuff who could work as an overhang defender uh you know I, I, he's not gonna get you killed on a consistent basis as a safety which is really you know kind of the minimum threshold to clear
0: yeah, so a, a few different things here. Um, I haven't actually went back yet and watched HaHa Clinton Dix, but I have talked to several people who have watched him over the last couple of years. And this is just the general consensus that I'm getting from people. Uh, and I, I can tell you the people I talked to. I talked to Bob Sturm, uh, who mm-hmm. you know works for the Athletic, covers the Cowboys, but is a big Packer fan, and KT Turner, who, uh, same he works for the Athletic Pack But, right, so here, here's their thoughts. He was a first-round pick for the Packers, and he was disappointing. And I think if you ask them what they think of Ha Clinton dix they would say he's a below-average player, right? Maybe even just an average player. Now, if you talk to Bears fans who watched him last year, they're pretty bummed about him leaving because they thought he was, uh, at the very worst, a serviceable player who made a bunch of big plays for them. I think part of that is the expectations, yeah, right? Of because course, the Bears signed him at a one-year deal. The Packers drafted him in the first round. Is is the truth? Maybe somewhere in of the course, middle, of course, of course. And I think that's what you're, yeah. And about. that's the thing is that you know, look, when you get when you get drafted in the first round
1: as a 21st overall pick, you get into a defense. They're going to put a defense. They're going to build a defense that's going to you know feature you. And if you don't make plays while being featured in a defense, then you're going to get askewed as being hopeless. And instead, what sure. he does is he goes to another team where they, they don't have that expectations. They fit him into a part of a regular defense. They pair him with another decent safety. And he plays well. I mean, I think, you know, Bears fans will tell you that. And I, again, I think the the other indicator, the thing that McCarthy's probably looking at is his PFF grades are pretty good. In fact, I think he was, you know, what, top 20 in, in, in PFF grades for, for safety? Uh, 19. Yeah, so 19. it's like... I mean, again, I don't invest all my money in PFF grades. It feels like the McCarthy team does have some serious investment in those grades. Sure, yeah. But I also think, look, I mean, you take all of this in stride. You 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 take all these evaluations and you keep it in mind. And, and, and honestly, like, if you look at the – even if – you can reconcile these two things. If you look at the PFF grades and then you listen to what people like Kevin Turner and Bob Sturm say – yeah, his last few years in, in, in Green Bay, he had pretty bad PFF grades. But these last two years in, in Chicago, he's had very good PFF grades. So to me, that that yeah. means that, okay, so maybe this guy is not a superstar who will shine no matter where you place him type player. But that doesn't mean he can't still be a more than serviceable, above average player when fit in with into a regular defense where he's not being asked to be the focal point, I guess is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, my biggest thing with this whole move is I think it's just a place yeah, right? This is the type of move the Cowboys typically make before the draft in order to not have them force a pick anywhere. Now, I, I, I was kind of joking on Twitter, but I called I compared him to George Iloka, who the Cowboys signed ironically at this exact same date last year. Um, I think he's a better player than George Iloka. I think he's certainly more durable than Iloka is. Ha-ha, uh-huh. <laughs> Clinton Dix has never missed a game in his NFL career. Um, I think he can give you more as a free safety. But it's not going to prevent you from drafting, let's say, an Antoine Winfield if he falls to 51. Uh, but it's not going to make you feel like you have to draft a Grant Delpit at 17. That's why I like these kind of moves because it, it, it at least fills holes. If you don't grab a safety at all in the draft, I you feel okay about the safeties going into the season. Uh, you know, with Xavier Woods and HaHa Clinton-Dix and Donovan Wilson. Um, now, talking about Bob Serum, he actually brought up an interesting point today that I didn't even think about before. Um, if the Cowboys were to happen to get a cornerback at seventeen, let's say it's C.J. Henderson, who we have mentioned a few times in this podcast, uh, with having Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis and Maurice Kennedy, is there a chance that they could move Bouziane to safety? We see, we saw them do that as a rookie. He actually played pretty well there. What were your thoughts on the Cowboys potentially doing that? I mean, I I think
1: it's probably uh, something that they consider is on the table. I mean, you know, McCarthy's uh, done a little bit of that with some of his players at different points uh, during Green Bay. I mean, think of Darius Randall and and uh, some yeah Demarius Demarius Randall, Randall, yep. some of those other guys. Yep. Yeah, that they wasn't Clay yep, Rollins that yep. other one that they did. Um, so I, yeah. I I think that. You know, it's not something that is out of the uh, out of the question for this for this group and uh yeah I do think that he played uh pr- pretty well there and I think that in the right role you know he could probably thrive at, at, at safety uh, if you put him back there um yeah I, I, I think you look at all these guys I mean fresh eyes fresh you know fresh group of, of coaches coming in here you look at all the options right and you see what wh- where you can possibly fit guys uh, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if they they took advantage more of Judobi's uh, you know versatility uh, to play multiple spots. Sure, and I think that's probably a, a good thing to, to take a look at.
0: Uh, yeah, I, just, I think it's something to at least consider if the Cowboys do ga- grab a cornerback at seventeen. Um, you know we still have a lot of time left in free agency. You know it's about a month until the draft. I'm curious to see what other positions the Cowboys address. I still think they need to grab. You know, maybe a slot receiver in free agency, a right defensive end, maybe a defensive tackle. But they're well on their way to plugging uh, all the holes, at least on defense. Um, before we move on, Landon, or before we end the show, I just I want to bring up this mock draft to you today because I saw it on the Draft Network. Uh, ben Solak had his, uh, I think it was his first mock draft of what he would do if he was each team, um, and it was an interesting scenario for the Cowboys at pick seventeen because. Uh, A lot of the guys that we talked about are off the board. Javon Kinlaw wasn't there. C.J. Henderson was gone. Uh, Clavion Chason, the the edge rusher from LSU, uh, was off the board as well. And it left the Cowboys with the two best players on the board, Jerry Judy from Alabama and Henry Ruggs from Alabama. Uh, I'm not sure how realistic that is, but I just wanted to ask you this before we leave. If both of those receivers are on the board, which one would you rather have for the Cowboys?
1: I feel like we've done this before. I, I, I kind of... I'm very 50-50, you know? Like, I, I hate to be on the fence about it, but...
0: Uh, well, the difference is, though, the difference is now we know that Amari is locked up, yeah. right? We didn't necessarily know that before. Does that change your opinion on any of this? I don't know. I mean, I guess... Uh, uh, the the thing that The, the thing that... I think that
1: the, the the very first thing that comes to my mind is that Jerry Judy played more in the slot. You know, uh, Almost all yeah. the snaps came but from Ruggs the slot. But Ruggs yeah. did that the previous year.
0: So... Sure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it is tough. tough. I mean, like I said, if we were doing this a month ago, we did do this a month ago, I think... I think maybe Judy is the answer because you feel like, okay, if they move on from Amari Cooper, Judy at least gives you somebody who can win on the outside in the slot. But now I don't know. I, I I'm struggling with this. And I think it also doesn't help that, you know, Judy maybe had a, you know, worse combine than what people were anticipating. Didn't do particularly well in some of the jumps and the shuttles. It doesn't scare me off really. But when you're comparing that to an elite athlete in Henry Ruggs, that's what it makes us a little bit more difficult. I, I highly doubt that either of these players are on the board for the Cowboys. But it is an interesting kind of thought process here. If they're both there, which one is a better fit for this team long term? Yeah, I mean
1: I need you to give uh, me an I I I, I think I think for me yeah, well, I think we'll get we'll get to the same spot that we were at before. I'll probably pick Ruggs and you'll probably pick Judy.
0: I don't. Know. Uh, uh, I, 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 I'm sitting on the fence, actually. Now, even more so than before. I mean, if I'm
1: not thinking about it, if I'm just saying an answer, I'm saying rugs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm man. It's so hard, but I'm. I'm. I think I'm because
1: because here, here's At the least. thing. Like, look, like, we talked about all the production, blah 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 blah. blah, blah but you and I have also are fully aware that encountered the, those arguments with the fact that rugs opens things up for that offense. You know, rugs provides space and contour of the zone coverage that is going to be played against the defense I mean against our offense uh and 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 I think that's why you know his production wasn't the same but he was still a very valuable piece I think the Cowboys can use because they are uniquely set up with the rest of their skill positions I, I I think that they can really take advantage of someone like Ruggs Right, like I mean, to be able to yeah, to be, be able yeah. to have yeah. Cooper and Gallup and Jarwin and Zeke all operating underneath while while Rugs is taking the top off, and then you know just swap it up. You send Cooper deep, and then suddenly you send Rugs on a deep crossing route, and get him the ball on the move. I mean, I I just think that I, I, then the other side of that is you know what? One of the things that this offense really could have used last year was a very, very reliable hands catcher in the short and intermediate area. You know, because as much as Cobb was great, I think having him operate, uh, you know, him having a lot of drops at times was frustrating, especially since you wanted that kind of steadying presence in the offense. You know, it felt like there was too much explosion at times and not enough uh, reliable, you know, chain movers, I guess is the best way to put it. So sure. it's a tough it's a tough argument. I don't I don't envy the Cowboys if they have to get to it.
0: I will say if if the Cowboys drafted somebody like Henry Ruggs, I would love for them to still turn around in the 4th or 5th round and grab maybe more of a traditional slot receiver like per, the the best way to double up in this draft for me would be like Ruggs at 17 and then like a James Prochet from SMU in the 5th round because that's somebody who can get you those tough yards on third and five. He can get you six yards. Uh, maybe, maybe you kind of split those duties up with rugs. Maybe you, you use rugs on the outside. Try to give Cooper some more of a break. Uh, I, I just think that's something that you would have to at least consider. So um, before we go, Landon, uh, I want to give everybody a little bit of a homework assignment over the weekend. You're all going to be sitting in home at your houses anyways watching Netflix. You might as well be doing some draft work, right? Um I have a bunch of players that I'm going to be watching over the weekend. I, I'm just going to make a suggestion. I Go back and watch Justin Matabuke, the defensive tackle from Texas. Mm, yes, A&M. John's
1: already yelling at me about this one.
0: Yeah, just go back. Just watch a few games and just write down what you think. We'll talk about them later on the week, maybe late in May. Um We'll, uh, we will have some more conversations about the draft uh, next week because I'm sure free agency is going to come to a, uh, at least a, somewhat of a halt over the next couple days. Uh, if the Cowboys make any moves over the weekend, we will make sure to update all the, our podcasts and stuff on Monday. Uh, we'll talk about any of those kind of things. Uh, we'll also do draft stuff. We'll be bringing, uh, doing some other things. Uh, I'm also seeing as we're doing this podcast right now, the Cowboys brought back C.J. Goodwin. The cornerback, oh the wow, special okay. teamer yeah, on one not day surprising day. again. Yeah, great and special was, teams player. Not yeah. surprising. He's your last
1: guy. Like he's 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 the last guy that, it, and he can play both corner and safety if you need him to. But he's that bottom of the roster defensive back who is your special teams ace. Are
0: they are they carrying five corners this year?
1: I mean, I think that they'll carry five, and then you know, like uh, they'll take carry four other safeties, four other corners, and then he'll be the fifth swing guy.
0: So 9? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, we also we have to adjust our thinking, too, on this, by the way, because uh, the roster sizes are up to 55 now, right? So I think there's more room for these kind of guys, you know, at the bottom of the roster that are more just specialists, right? Um, you know, the guys that are only special teams guys that really don't do anything on defense. I just think we have to change our thinking a little bit there. Um, but that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.